this next song that we're gonna sing um, is called The Blessing. It may be new. Um, it's been out, I would say, for a few months. It's kind of blown up in the worship world, if you will. Um, we're gonna put our own Bellbrook Community Church spin on it. But um, what I love about this song, though, is that it comes directly from scripture. And it comes from Numbers, let me get it here, 6, 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I feel like this is such a timely song for us. And it's a song that it may be new to you. And as you hear it, just let the words of the song sink in. It says, May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, and their children, and their children. May his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. So I want you guys, as we sing this, I want this to be like, we're singing this over you as a congregation today. I want you to listen to these words. And it, it repeats itself, so you'll catch on. And I just want you to sing it as we prepare ourselves for the rest of our day and the rest of our week. I want this song to be in your mind as you wake up in the morning, as you go to bed, just remembering the blessings that God has for you. That despite everything that may be going on, He is going to bless you and He's going to be there for you no matter what. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Toward you and 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a promise that you are for us. You go before us. You're with us. You come after us. You are everywhere all at once. What a promise. What an assurance of your truly abiding presence. in that for a moment. Close your eyes. Think about how you've experienced Him going before you this week. Being with you. team, thank you for leading us into uh, his presence, uh, bringing us before the throne. What a powerful time. Uh, You know, this is a special time of the year. This is uh, graduation uh, season, and uh, all of our graduates across the Uh, our area um, are experiencing graduations in different uh, fashions, and uh, uh, I'm going to just invite Nicholas to walk down here and just stand down here with us, and we just want to honor Nicholas. Congratulations. See, I got to stay up here. That way I'm taller than you. Um, So... You know, uh, it is always an honor, I know, as a parent to see your child uh, graduate and to uh, do well in school. And uh, we're just going to bless Nicholas in this next phase of his life. And uh, we're going to have a Bible for you. We have not gotten those ordered because of all the stuff going on. Uh, But we're going to have a Bible for you honoring you. That's one of the things that we do uh, here is give our graduating seniors a Bible. And so we'll we'll talk to you about that afterwards. Uh, But I just would like to pray over you right now. Father, we thank you uh, for Nicholas and for his uh, commitments, the fulfillment of the things that have been set before him, Father, as he has completed his high school uh, uh, courses and uh, received his uh, diploma. We now honor him and we pray a blessing over him as he prepares to enter this next phase of his uh, life. And Father, I pray that you would open up doors of opportunity before him, that he would be able to do that which you've set before him. Thank you for this opportunity. Bless him today, we pray in your name. Amen. Congratulations, buddy.
Today I am picking up with a series that we've been going with, um, I don't know, last three months, and it's like we do a few, and, uh, and then we uh, go into some different things, and today I'm going to talk about we need, I need some more one-anothering. We need the ability to connect with people at a, a whole nother level right now because of uh, some of the restraints that are being put on uh, people for being out in, in public, and uh, uh, we want to honor uh, the things that are going on around us, but we also need to connect with people. We need people. Um, we need touch. We need someone that we can be uh, personal with. We, we cannot allow all the limitations to limit our ability to reach people at their deepest, at their greatest need. Um, earlier uh, this year, I shared that one of the number one things that people struggle with every year is uh, being alone. It drives people to make some bad decisions, uh, poor choices. How many of you here or uh, watching on uh, Facebook, how many of you have ever made a bad decision because you were alone and feeling rough? You were feeling down. And when you were alone, you made a, a poor decision. Um, whether it was eating or uh, you broke something or you, you, you just did something that you regretted later on, those things happen many times out of this uh, being alone piece. And one anothering, as presented in the Scriptures, as God has laid it out, helps to remove the loneliness factor. It has the ability to make people feel connected. Francis Chan states that Christians are called to the one another's of the Bible. He says, there is nothing super about superficial. Growing deep relationships and helping one another grow deep is the will of God. This time of separation has highlighted the importance of deeper relationships in the church. Uh, it's been several weeks since I uh, spoke on one another, and today I'd like to pick up with the, the 17th one of this one anothering concept. But just to help us lay the foundation a little bit more about uh, what this whole thing about removing aloneness is all about and how important it is, um, I was reading through a study uh, in uh, psychology today, and it said this, in one of the most thorough and prolonged behavior, behavioral studies ever conducted, Harvard University researchers surveyed and scrutinized a group of 724 men from 1939 to 2014, arriving at a simple yet instructive conclusion. Harvard professor Robert Waldinger, director of the center conducting the study, described it this way. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. The single factor that more than any other determined how happy and healthy these men were throughout their lives was the presence of good relationships. Now, this is with men, okay? So that tells you how important good relationships are are because they research men. Now, we, we always relate women as being more relational, and yet this study specifically targeted men, and it found that good relationships are, are what kept men healthy and thriving. Waldinger explains it's not just the number of friends you have, it's not whether or not you're in a committed relationships, it is the quality of your close relationships that matter. 
This concept, although new for Harvard and our institutions of higher learning, is not new for God. It should not be new for us. To start with, God is calling us to stir one another up. Number 17 in our, in our one anothering series is stir up one another to love and good deeds. This is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. See, this is about stimulating in such a way that a response comes forth. Um, as I was spending time looking at this stirring one another up, this, this word stir in, this, in the Greek actually has this, this meaning about it of arousing, of exciting, of calling forth for action somebody else so that they would do good deeds. Not just that they would respond, but that they would respond in a, in a specific manner. See, God is calling the church, God is calling us, each individually, to be so involved with someone else that we stir them up towards love and towards good works, towards good deeds. See, God is telling us that it's not just enough that we attend church once in a while. It's not just enough that we have a label that we place on ourselves that says, hey, we are Christians. That's not enough. God says that we also have a responsibility towards those in the body of Christ to stir one another up, to uh, excite, to uh, bring about a response in them that helps them to begin to love other people and to also to do good works. Now, good works is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. We know that. Our, our salvation is not by works. But, but that does not remove the responsibility that we have to still do good works. God is still calling us to serve. He says the greatest in the kingdom is the least of all, is the servant of all. And so there is still this need that is present for all of us to serve one another in the body of Christ. And so today, as we're looking at this stirring one another up, as we're looking at going deeper into these one anothering uh, commands located throughout the Scripture, my challenge for you today is, what are you doing to stir somebody else up? On Tuesday nights, um, our men's group has been meeting. Um, three or four weeks now, how many in, in a row? Four weeks in a row. Um, we've, been, we've gone through, we started out with Hebrews, and then now we're in the book of Romans. And so we spend about, um, we're trying to cut it back to about an hour and a half. Um, but we've been going like a good two hours of time uh, discussing uh, the Scriptures. Um, and, and we've got, you know, we have six, seven, eight, nine, you know, some weeks or more than others. But we have a group of men that just gather together every week, and we wrestle with the Scripture. We stir one another up. We, ins we inspire. We encourage. We uplift. And see, and that's what God's wanting us to be so involved in the relationships. This is specifically dealing with those in the body of Christ. Now, we have a responsibility to reach our world. But in this passage, in this verse, God is calling us to stir up others within the body of Christ towards love and to good works. 
And so that's my challenge for you today in this passage, in this one, uh, one another in concept is, what are you doing to stir up somebody else in the body of Christ? How are you ministering to someone else? How are you challenging someone else to live differently? I was so blessed yesterday uh, as we uh, have been coming together and we've had volunteers coming in to clean the church. Um, and, and I had a couple things going on in the morning yesterday, and we had a few people that were going to be coming in. And one of the individuals sent me a text said, Pastor, just take it easy. We got this today. And so they took care of cleaning. I didn't have to come in here and do anything. It was such a release, a blessing. It stirred up me. Uh, because I was able to see the body of Christ function the way God intended it to function. So thank you for those that came out yesterday and cleaned. And for those who would like to help out, we are uh, every Saturday coming together to clean uh, the uh, church. Uh, we've got limited you know, access in here, so uh, we just primarily work on cleaning the bathrooms and, and the uh, vacuuming of the sanctuary, wiping down surfaces. And so if you'd like to volunteer to help in that area, um, you can talk to me after service or pay attention to our crew app. But I just I was so blessed by those who, who were willing to say, listen, we got this. We'll take care of it. And everything was done that needed to get done. So I'm so, ex- I'm so uh, thankful for people stepping up in these areas. There, this is what it happens. This is what happens when we begin to operate in these principles that God has laid out in His Word, is we start encouraging those around us. Somebody else gets excited, somebody else gets uh, stirred up, as the scripture says, and then they want to do the same thing. And so let me encourage you to continue to do that. Number 18, James 4:11 tells us to don't speak evil against one another. Now, I love that, you know, this one really, you know, follows this to stir up and to love people. Then on the other side of it is God says, listen, don't speak evil against each other. James 4.11, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. Again, he's speaking to the church itself. He's speaking to the body of Christ. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. And so there is this responsibility that is being placed on us to not speak evil of others. Other translations utilize the word slander here. This is is about our general conversations. Church, do you understand that God holds us accountable, Scripture says, for every idle word? That you may be in your bedroom thinking everything is private, right? No. God still holds you accountable for the words spoken in those times. When you speak evil against those in the body of Christ, you are violating the laws of God. God does not want you to be involved in the speaking evil about other people. You need to control your tongue. You need to control the very words of your mouth. Don't allow the enemy to incite you to speak evil against other individuals. God expects your conversation to be honorable. God expects you to speak in such a way that when people, if they were to record all the words that come out of your mouth, they would have nothing to accuse you of any ill works. Don't speak evil. Don't insult. Don't defame. Don't speak against a brother or sister in the Lord. 
Now, this can go really, it stretched beyond the church realm itself. But there is a special place that God puts on these things when it comes to the body of Christ. We need to honor those in the body of Christ in a special way. Don't speak evil against them. And so if, if we start there, listen to me here now. If we start just with focusing on our conversation in the body of Christ, every person that we think about in the church, every person we, we have a disagreement with, every person we have an issue with, if we focus on our conversation there and guard the, our lips so that nothing dishonorable comes from our mouth, then what will happen is it will begin to expand from there into every aspect of our life. When we focus in one area and we become so aware of the words of our mouth and everything that comes out, what happens is there's this domino effect that it begins to influence every conversation we have. So that's why it's so important for us to start here. Don't allow yourself to speak evil against someone else. And then our, our final one for this morning is found in James chapter 5, verse 9. Don't find fault with one another. This really layers this conversation that we're having already with loving one another, inspiring to good works, don't speak evil. And then he says, don't find fault with one another. James 5, 9, again speaking, he says, brothers and sisters, don't find fault with one another. If you do, you will be judged, and the judge is standing at the door. So God's saying, listen, this, it gets pretty serious. If you're going to be that one going out to find fault with somebody else, then, then the judge is standing at the door waiting on you. <laughs> is that really what we want to bring upon ourselves? See, one of the traps of the enemy is to get us caught up with focusing on what others are doing or not doing. That's a trap. See, as soon as you spend all of your time and energies focusing on what someone else is doing or not doing, you become fixated on that. What happens is then you, you become this judge in, in their life activities, and God's saying, listen, there's a responsibility you have to focus on you, to make sure you spend time taking care of who you are. God wants our focus to be on getting along with one another, especially those in the household of faith. And it starts here because those things that we practice here will extend from this place into the places we go. I love Galatians 6.10 and how it encourages us in this process. It says, so then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See, church, when we have the responsibility to do good to everyone, but when it comes to the household of faith, the church itself, our, our brothers and sisters in church, there is even a greater responsibility that we have to do good towards them. And so these are the things that I want to challenge us with today is to love, is to stir one another up towards love and good works. It is not to speak evil of, don't find fault with someone else. Spend our time doing those things that are going to bring about a response in those in the body of Christ that will encourage, that will uplift, that will build up. I'm not telling you that we don't make mistakes. Church, hear me. I have made plenty of mistakes if I were to sit back and look at this week alone. I have enough mistakes that someone could 
could call me uh, on the on account of and and I would need to deal with some of those things not that they're they're these things it's not like I've gone out and 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 robbed a bank or committed some but I've had thoughts that have come in my head that I that I need to take captive immediately you know you have the responsibility not to allow your mind just to wander Scripture says to take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. That's your responsibility. So every time that your mind wanders and you think things that you shouldn't, then you have allowed yourself to enter into something that God is saying that we need to not do. We need to take those thoughts captive. See, I have so much in myself that I need to make sure I take care of. I really don't have enough time to worry about the faults of other people. I don't need to spend my time speaking evil about what other people are doing or not doing. Man, there's enough people out there in the world that take care of that, and they have master's degree in that. I want to make sure that what I am known for is speaking life into those people around me, speaking the, the things of God. I believe when you speak God's word into the life of someone else, it will inspire them and encourage them and uplift them and build them up. God's word brings about life and hope, and, and it is that which we need today. We need hope. We need life. We need encouragement. And so God is giving us the opportunity not only to be uh, carriers of that message, but to stir one another up to do that very same thing. So think about the relationships that you are uh, in this week and, and set a goal in your own heart, in your own mind, that this week I'm going to take my thoughts captive every day and I'm not going to speak evil against. I, I, I'm, not going to, uh, I'm not going to find fault with other people. This week my goal is going to be to encourage and to stir one another up towards love and good deeds. Can you do that with me? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that we have the ability to call upon your name, to find hope, to find strength, to find life in the midst of all the things that are going on. Thank you that your word is so sufficient that it can accomplish so much more than we ever give it opportunity to do, not only in our lives, but in the lives of all those that we encounter from day to day. And so this week, Lord, we commit to you that we are going to take our thoughts captive, that we are going to stir one another up towards love and good deeds, that we're not going to speak evil against another, that we're not going to spend our time finding fault with one another, but we are going to be about the work that will bring about life and health and hope in the world that we live in. And Father, we thank you. We pray your blessing on this time. We ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. At this time, we're going to wait upon you for our morning tithes and offering, and uh, we uh, continue to thank you for your faithfulness. I loved watching the kids dance, and, you know, they have such a liberty and a freedom. Uh, they don't think about uh, all the other things that are going on. They just enjoy life. And I love seeing all these babies walking. You know, we, we had a month and a half off, and all of a sudden all these babies just take off and just want to walk. And praise God. 
Uh, it is so inspiring and encouraging. So let us uh, pray now. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We pray your blessing on this offering. We pray that you would help us to accomplish what you've set before us. And uh, Father, help us to continue to reach uh, our, our communities, uh, help to reach our world. And uh, Father, we just thank you. We pray your blessing on this in your precious name. Amen. Praise God. If uh, you're giving online, um, our online giving platform is working. That information is being shared on your screen as well. If you uh, need something uh, throughout the week, if you're still an individual where your immune system is compromised and you're unable to get out, um, we would love to serve you in some capacity. And we just say, give us a call. Uh, Call me. Uh, here at the church, you can call uh, one of our board members, our cell phones, and we will reach out to you and we'll do whatever we can to serve you. So God bless you. Uh, love on one another. Have a great week. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, seeing you again soon. God bless you.